Chapter Twenty Two of the Quest of the Sacred Slipper by Sax Romer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two The Light of El Medina. Bristol and I walked slowly in the direction of the entrance of the British Antiquarian Museum. It was the day following upon the sensational scene in my chambers. "'There's very little doubt,' said Bristol, "'that Earl Dexter has the slipper, and that Hassan of Aleppo knows where Dexter is in hiding. I don't know which of the two is more elusive. Hassan apparently melted into thin air yesterday, and although the Stetson man has never within my experience employed disguises, no one has set eyes upon him since the night that he vanished from his lodgings off the Waterloo Road.' It's always impossible for a man to baffle the police by remaining closely within doors, but during the time that has elapsed Dexter must have taken a little exercise occasionally, and the missing hand should have betrayed him. The wonder to me is, I replied, that he has escaped death at the hands of the Hashishin. He is a supremely daring man, for I should think that he must be carrying the slipper of the Prophet about with him. I would rather he did it than I— commented bristol for sheer audacity commend me to the stetson man his idea no doubt was to use you as intermediary in his negotiations with the museum authorities but that plan failing he has written them direct thoughtfully omitting his address of course we were in fact at that moment bound for the museum to inspect this latest piece of evidence a crowning example of the man's audacity and cleverness added my companion is his having actually approached hassan of aleppo with a similar proposition how did he get in touch with him all scotland yard has failed to find any trace of that weird character birds of a feather i suggested but they are not birds of a feather cried bristol on your own showing hassan of aleppo is simply waiting his opportunity to balance dexter's account for ever i always knew dexter was a clever man i begin to think he's the most daring genius alive we mounted the steps of the museum in the hallway moyston the curator awaited us having greeted bristol and myself he led the way to his private office and from a pigeonhole in his desk took out a letter typewritten upon a sheet of quarto paper bristol spread it out upon the blotting-pad and we bent over it curiously sir i believe i can supply information concerning the whereabouts of the missing slipper of mohammed as any inquiry of this nature must be extremely perilous to the inquirer and as the relic is a priceless one my fee would be ten thousand pounds the fanatics who seek to restore the slipper to the east must not know of any negotiations therefore i omit my address but will communicate further if you care to insert instructions in the agony column of times faithfully earl dexter bristol laughed grimly it's a daring game he said a piece of barefaced impudence quite characteristic he's posing as a sort of private detective now and is prepared for a trifling consideration to return the slipper which he stole himself he must know though that we have his severed hand at the yard to be used in evidence against him is the burton room open to the public again i asked moyston it is open yes he replied and a quite unusual number of visitors come daily to gaze at the empty case which once held the slipper of the prophet has the case been mended yes it is quite intact again only the exhibit is missing 
we ascended the stairs passed along the assyrian room which seemed to be unusually crowded and entered the lofty apartment known as the burton room the sun-blinds were drawn and a sort of dim religious light prevailed therein a group of visitors stood around an empty case at the farther end of the apartment you see said moyston pointing that empty case has a greater attraction than all the other full ones but i scarcely heeded his words for i was intently watching the movements of one of the group about the empty case i have said that the room was but dimly illuminated and this fact together no doubt with some effect of reflected light enhanced by my imagination perhaps produced the phenomenon which was occasioning me so much amazement remember that my mind was filled with memories of weird things that i often found myself thinking of that mystic light which hassan of aleppo had called the light of el medina that light whereby undeterred by distance he claimed to be able to trace the whereabouts of any of the relics of the prophet bristol and moyston walked on then but i stood just within the doorway intently breathlessly watching an old man wearing an out-of-date inverness coat and a soft felt hat he had a grey beard and moustache and long untidy hair walked with a stoop and in short was no unusual type of visitor to that institution but it seemed to me, and the closer I watched him, the more convinced I became that this was no optical illusion, that a faint luminosity, a sort of elfin light, played eerily about his head. As Bristol and Moyston approached the case, the old man began to walk toward me, and in the direction of the door. The idea flashed through my mind that it might be Hassan of Aleppo himself, Hassan who had predicted that the stolen slipper should that day be returned to the museum then he came abreast of me passed me and i felt that my surmise had been wrong i saw bristol from farther up the room turn and look back something attracted his trained eye i suppose which was not perceptible to me but he suddenly came striding along obviously he was pursuing the old man who was just about to leave the apartment seeing that the latter had reached the doorway bristol began to run the old man turned, and amid a chorus of exclamations from the astonished spectators, Bristol sprang upon him. How it all came about I cannot say, cannot hope to describe, but there was a short, sharp scuffle, the crack of a well-directed blow, and Bristol was rolling on his back, the old man hatless was racing up the Assyrian room, and everyone in the place seemed to be shouting at once. Bristol, with blood streaming from his face, staggered to his feet, clutching at me for support. "'After him, Mr. Cavanaugh!' he cried hoarsely. "'It's your turn to-day! After him! That's Earl Dexter!' Moyston waited for no more, but went running wildly through the Assyrian room. I may mention here that, at the head of the stairs, he found the caped Inverness which had served to conceal Dexter's mutilated arm, and later, behind a piece of statuary, a wig and very ingenious false beard and moustache were discovered but of the stetson man there was no trace his brief start had enabled him to make good his escape as moyston went off and a group of visitors flocked in our direction bristol who had been badly shaken by the blow turned to them you will please all leave the burton room immediately he said looks of surprise greeted his words but with his handkerchief raised to his face he peremptorily repeated them the official note in his voice was readily to be detected and the wonder-stricken group departed with many a backward glance as the last left the Burton room, Bristol pointed with a rather shaky finger at the soft felt hat which lay at his feet. It had formed part of Dexter's disguise. Close beside it lay another object which had evidently fallen from the hat, a dull red thing lying on the polished parquet flooring. 
for god's sake don't go near it whispered bristol the room must be closed for the present and now i'm off after that man step clear of it his words were unnecessary i shunned it as a leprous thing it was the slipper of the prophet End of chapter twenty two